You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM. That is the station. Right Side Radio. That is the show. Phil Williams, I am the host. And we like to say, like the man said a moment ago, that we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, thanks for tuning in again. We're here 2 to 5 every day, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, biggest show in the afternoons right now in North Alabama and, and proud of it. Hey, listen, uh, I'm going to bring on a friend of mine here in just a minute, but i got to first tell you about my other friends that I've got at, uh, at etaxbreaks.com. Now, you may not even be aware that your business qualifies for credits, all right? Like there's things that you've just done because you're a good common sense business owner. Like you you fought to keep your employees with you during the pandemic. You you maybe placed your business in a geographic location that the government might be considered to be a disadvantaged area and you did it anyway. And, and or, or maybe uh, you hired a veteran or, or any number of things. There's like 3,000 different programs out there that literally give grants and monies and tax credits and tax incentives to businesses who they deem having done some good things in running their business. And you don't even know you qualify for it. Well, my friends at etaxbreaks.com, they connect you to those programs and they find you money. Last month alone, they told me just the other day, they invoiced out over $7 million in found money for their clients. Go, go, go check them out. etaxbreaks.com forward slash right side. That's etaxbreaks.com forward slash right side. They will square you away. Hey, I want to bring on a friend of mine. I'm pleased to know him. Uh, Clint Reed and I got to know each other here in the last couple of years. Uh, Clint's got his undergraduate degree from the University of Alabama, his graduate degree from UAB, and he's finishing out his term right now as the president of the College Republican Federation of Alabama, which I happen to be on the advisory board of. And uh, so, Clint, glad to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us here on Right Side. Hey, Senator Williams, it is a true pleasure to be here. Well, we appreciate you, man, and thanks for, for joining us. And uh, i got to go ahead, before we go too fur- much further in this, and give you kudos. I saw that the uh, College Republican Federation has also helped to break that story. You, you, we, we got you know tips on the information uh, regarding uh, what was going on at Birmingham Southern, sort of making it life difficult unless you would reveal your vaccination status. And CRFA is in the news uh, with their own statements on it, and, uh, and y'all are leading the charge. So thank you very much. Yeah, and, and thank you all for, you know, for breaking that. I mean, it was it's just outrageous what BFC thought they could get away with. And what kind of was crazy to me is that email went out almost, what, two weeks ago? And, you know, nobody said a word about it. So, um, you know, we just really can't let these uh, schools get away with these types of things. No, and, and I'm, I'm not aware, though. Uh, and, Clint, by the way, I, I got some other things I want to talk to you about. But while we're on this subject, are you aware of any other campuses that your chapters are at that – that are seeing this on their campus or is Birmingham Southern unique in all the world right now? Um, so to this extent, Birmingham Southern is unique. Now, obviously other schools have required you to um, get tested before you can go to classes or, or things like that. So but Birmingham Southern definitely has taken it the furthest. Yeah, and just to remind folks, and I'll unpack it more later, but just to remind folks, right now, Birmingham Southern has got policies in place that basically means uh, that unless you you will divulge your vaccination status, which by law they're not allowed to ask you about, then they're going to charge you $500 more per semester. Uh, They're going to uh, require a weekly testing uh, for you unless you've proven your vaccination status. They're even putting in separate move-in dates to the dormitories for people who have proven their vaccination status versus those who haven't, along with some other stuff. I mean, it's Clint, it's really ridiculous that, that they're doing this to students right now. No, and it's it's scary that, um, that they think that they can do this. And 
it, it really is an invasion of privacy because when people go to move in on their certain day, everyone's going to know if they've had their vaccine or not. And I just don't see how that doesn't just violate every medical privacy law there is. Uh, it, it actually does, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I think I saw uh, that y'all were reported on uh, TV 42 yesterday, and I know you were quoted uh, in uh, Yellowhammer News. Um, and I'm looking at your statement on your uh, CRFA um, Facebook page. And, uh, and yeah, good on you, uh, Clint. Thank you for, um, you know, for, for you and your organization doing that. T- I tell you what, let's do this. College Republican Federation of Alabama. Obviously, the name speaks to kind of what it is, but but just real quickly, tell the audience, who is CRFA, and how are y'all organized, and are you national, and that kind of thing? So, we are an official auxiliary group of the Alabama Republican Party. I'm fortunate enough to sit on the steering committee for the for ALGOP, and we're also the official charter organization of the College Republican National Committee. Uh, we have 10 chapters at um, the flagship universities around the state, all four-year universities, um, so we're, you know, we're proud to lead the conservative charge on these campuses. Uh, we have a strong, uh, you know, state executive board, which you are a board of advisor. I was just talking with state representative Connie Rowe yesterday. And she said she was on your show a couple weeks ago and had a blast. And, um, she told me that this was going to be great. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, we're fortunate to have folks like y'all to be on our board of advisors to really give us guidance because, you know, we are outnumbered on college campuses and so we need all the help we can get because you know we got the professors against us our fellow students school administrators so it really is an uphill battle but it's one that must be fought if we want to you know have a future to look forward to in this country yeah perfectly put and and so you know a couple years ago uh, of course i also work with the alabama policy institute and a couple years ago we gave an award to uh then representative matt friday now he's appellate court justice uh, Matt, matt friday for, for helping pass a bill called the Campus Freedom of Speech Bill, which is supposed to protect the rights of those on campuses who have a difference of opinion with the, you know, the the cancel culture or whatever else. Uh, have you have you seen any difficulties? You don't have to name the campus if you don't want to, but have you seen any difficulties for your chapters uh, by cancel culture or by the schools themselves around the state? Uh, really, no. We're, we're actually pretty pretty fortunate. Um, there have been some issues, mostly regarding COVID things, obviously at BSC and then at South Alabama. There was a professor who uh, put in their syllabus, you know, if you're if you're not vaccinated, you have to you have to wear a mask. Which the school administrators, you know, they straightened that out really quick. The wow. professor kind of went off the off the reservation with that one, but um, mostly just COVID things. We are very fortunate to uh, to have you know strong fighters for freedom of speech in our legislature. Uh, but really just this COVID stuff is the only thing that we've really ran into. Well, and that seems to be a national, I hate to say it, national epidemic, almost like that's a pun, but but the, the fear and the paranoia and the overreach is a national pa- pa- uh, pandemic as much as the uh, the illness itself, it seems like sometimes. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, um, you know, we try to fight back against the fear mongering that, you know, folks on the left always want to push. You know, we, Always, our, always tell our board, you know, we have to fight with facts and with logic. Uh, the other side is not going to do it, but, you know, emotional arguments aren't what's going to move this country forward. So we're going to stay on the, the right side of things. No, Copper and I were talking earlier in the show is you have to be able to not only believe something, but be able to effectively espouse what you believe. And and, and right now in the age of social media and, uh, and, and and all that, we have a limited discourse, it appears, or a limited capability for discourse, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, so I'm glad to hear you say that. But um, but let me ask you about one of the things I know you all have been pushing back on. And so uh, before you called in uh, in the last hour, uh, I was 
talking about the fact that um, China is what the military refers to now as a near-peer adversary. Uh, they are they are someone that or a nation that is growing in such stature that they create threats of of near peer status, but they are also insidious in my opinion in the manner in which they work. We can we can talk about COVID being the China flu all day long. You, you can't argue me out of the fact that I think it is a China flu. Um, but but all that to say, there's other things they do. One of which is this thing that I referred to, but I was going to leave most of it for you to describe. It's called Confucius Institutes. And y'all made that your pet project for the year, basically. Confucius Institutes became something that uh, college Republicans have decided to push back on. Uh, first of all, if you would, just define for the audience, what is a Confucius Institute, and then what are y'all doing? So first I'll tell everyone how the Chinese Communist Party will define them. They'll define them as cultural exchanges where Chinese professors will come and teach you know, Chinese language, uh, Chinese history, Chinese culture. But in reality, what they are, are they are outlets for propaganda and even in some cases espionage. So, you know, the the professors have to teach by Chinese law. And that means that Tiananmen Square Massacre isn't taught. Uh, Taiwan and Tibet, they're taught to be entities of China. So China is getting a free pass to come into our schools and teach American students what their version of history is. And it's making an entire generation of Americans passive to, you know, the atrocities that China has committed. And, you know, we're doing it just so they can, we're doing it for money is essentially what it boils down to. You know, these schools making millions and millions of dollars uh, by bringing in these Confucius Institutes. Fortunately, there's only been, uh, there's been three in Alabama total, uh, but there's only one left. Uh, Alabama A&M just shut theirs down here recently, and there's still the one at Troy University. So Troy University is still doing it, and 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 I know that uh, uh, one of my f- uh, peers and friends, uh, State Senator Cam Ward, who's now at the parole board, he's a new trustee there. Are the trustees aware that the uh, the, the Confucius Institute still exists at Troy? I would say I would say all the board of trustees would be aware, um, and we're happy to touch base with anyone that we need to. As much as as much as we've been beating the drum on this. Um, you know, most people involved in Alabama politics should be aware of what a Confucius Institute is and what threat they pose. And, you know, so an email that we got from a Freedom of Information Act request on the Alabama Commission on Higher Ed, it was an email between their executive director and Chancellor Jack Hawkins at Troy. It showed that um, the chancellor said, you know, we're going we're gonna to stand by our Confucius Institutes because I believe the political season of all things China will come to an end at some point. Um, but you know, political they season received, of all things uh, China between, is that what he said? 2000. You, you say between he, 2007. Hey, Clint, yeah, let sorry. me jump in there. You say he referred to it as the political season of all things China. Is that what he said? Like, in other words, politics will change and we can do this without being called on the carpet. Yes, exactly, exactly. All things China will soon come to an end, and you know they can just go back to business without us bothering them. Essentially. Wow. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. No, you're good. So they have received since 2007 uh, just over 3400000 from the government of China. Uh, if you go to Troy's campus, you'll see a brick-and-mortar Confucius Institute building. You'll see the terracotta soldiers. Um, and it's really concerning. And they even, they even took, you know, they even take groups of legislators and community leaders to China on these, like, you know, all-expense-for-paid trips. And it's really just part of their soft power apparatus to grow influence over us. I mean, there's a Politico article that I can send you where a, a party official, a Communist Party official said, these are these are so good because, these Confucius Institutes are so good because they're attractive at a surface level. You know, everyone wants cultural exchange, but it's just a way to grow our soft power. 
Wow. So soft power apparatus. I wrote that term down. What a, what a great term. And, and that, that would be part of the insidious part that I was talking about before. When you've got, when you've got a society that is led by a communist government that is openly opposed to the values of this country and openly opposed to our position in the world and openly, um, I mean, they, they, like for instance, the espionage in our, um, our industries, the espionage in our military, China is one of our, our biggest threats. And then the fact that they posture themselves militarily by building uh, you know, new man-made islands in the South China Sea and making threats against Taiwan and yada, yada. And yet you're saying that these Confucius Institutes are a part of what we would call their soft power apparatus. And I'd never heard that term. What a cool term. Um, yeah, yeah, no, and and you know, I don't. So when it comes to the Chinese Communist Party, I'm not one to believe in coincidences. But look where, where their Confucius Institutes were. One was at Alabama A&M up in Huntsville. You know, we have a large NASA presence, Redstone Arsenal, and then the other ones down in at Troy in the Wiregrass, where we have a lot of military bases. So, you know, something just doesn't feel right about that. Where was the third one, Clint? You said there were three in the state of Alabama at one point. Where was the so third? There one? was there used to be one at um, AUM. At AUM, okay. So right there in our state capital near Maxwell Air Force Base, which happens to also be the schoolhouse of the Air Force. Um, Absolutely. So, um, so, you know, and like I said, when it comes to the CCP, I don't believe in coincidences because say what you will about them, but they are good at what they do, and they, they are playing a chess game that we just have to catch up with. Well, listen, Clint, we're going to head into a break here, but uh, I need to ask you, I want you to hang on during the break because I want to talk more about Confucius Institutes, what CRFA actually actually did. What, and y'all organized yourself for a purpose, and you and you, you kind of had your own grassroots campaign. I, I became aware of it because of y'all. Um, but anyway, hang on to the break, brother. We're going to be back here in just a minute. Phil Williams. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, we are uh, having a great show right now. I'm going to bring back my friend Clint Reed just for a minute. Hey, um, hey, Clint, thanks for hanging on during the break. And in fact, if, if things go on uh, for a little bit, I might have you hang on during the next break too, uh, if you're good with that. Hey, yeah, as long as you'll have me. Well, I appreciate that. So, uh, listen, by the way, uh, Troy State has the very last uh, Confucius Institute you were mentioning uh, in the state of Alabama. And it occurred to me during the break, and I looked something up to make sure, uh, yeah, Troy State University, by the way, has been uh, one of the chief schoolhouses for uh, military personnel to get their degrees Um around the world so troy state actually has a physical presence on military installations all over the world uh and does the online used to be one of the featured online learning programs for all of the service branches so basically if you're in the army stationed in vincenza italy you can get your degree at troy state because troy state has the contract the partnership or one of the main ones uh with the military so i find that to be significant in terms of the confucius institute yeah no it's it's very concerning and you know and i'm i'm not against cultural exchange i think you know, if, if these schools want to have that kind of cultural exchange, then, you know, maybe we need to look to, you know, fr- beacons of freedom in that part of the world. You know, have Taiwan come uh, have institutes on our college campuses instead of the 
communist government of China. Well, uh, good point. And uh, and from what you said earlier, too, am I to uh, assume or is it correct that there's a pretty large uh, amount of cash that comes with these Confucius Institutes? Yeah. So, like I said, Troy has gotten just over three million four hundred thousand since it opened. Wow. Okay. Well, um, yeah, so dollar signs talk, and that also, and I, I've seen the copy of the email, and I know, uh, I know you've also forwarded it to me again, uh, the email that, that literally um, spells out why they really don't want to have to do away with it. Um, uh, they, they kind of, you know, well, you know, there's these people nationwide that are posing this as being a question of espionage or whatever. Well, it, if it, it's legit. And um, so what did y'all do? I mean, how did you, what, what I've got about, about two minutes or three minutes left in this segment, Clint, what did CRFA do to combat this issue? So first, you know, we reached out to experts. We gathered all the facts, the National Association of Scholars, uh, talked to the Commission on Higher Ed, and so, so we could have a clear picture of what we're dealing with here. And then after that, we talked with um, some, legis- some legislative groups up in D.C., and we had legislation drafted, and we worked with Representative uh, State Representative Tommy Haynes and uh, State Senator Shay Shelnut to, you know, bring bills into fruition. They, they were companion bills, and we had them both filed. Uh, the House bill got killed in committee, or it never made it out of committee, I should say. And the Senate bill did make it out of committee, but it didn't make it any further than that. Um, so we're so right now, we're just really focusing on making this an uh, issue that the public knows about, because it's so, you know, like we were talking about, so deceitful that, you, you know, most people don't know what a Confucius Institute is or understand how sinister they are behind the curtain. So... That's our number one priority right now, just being the public educated, because if the general public of Alabama knew what these Confucius Institutes were, then they would not be okay with it being on their college campuses. Well, and, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Uh, I, I, I like to think of myself as, as, as you know, well-read, somewhat seasoned uh, in state politics and state issues, and I had no idea these things were even there until you all brought it to my attention. Hey, Clint, hang on during the break. We're going we're gonna to come back, and I want to talk to you about, you know, why, as a um, young conservative, you are conservative? And just get your thoughts on that uh, and how it came about. Absolutely. Phil Williams, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the News Talk powerhouse of North Alabama. This is the show for afternoons in North Alabama, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here hosting where we like to say we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, glad to be with you. Got to tell you real quick about my friends over at ZLA Solutions. Are you looking for a job? Go to ZLAUSA.com. They've got jobs posted right now. Are you an employer looking to hire people? You need folks to fill out the ranks? They've got them. Go to ZLAUSA.com. ZLA Solutions has been putting people to work all over the state of Alabama for for, uh, for gosh, a good while now, and they do a great job at it. I want, I want to encourage you right now, if you are looking to hire or looking to get hired, ZLA Solutions can help you do it. I mean, they can put people to work. They like to say, we don't make it. We're just the ones that make it better. So ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, let's go back to my friend Clint Reed. Uh, Clint, thanks for hanging on uh, during the break, man. Um, I got I to gotta, I gotta ask you a question. So yeah. 
So here's the deal. Uh, earlier in the show, not sure if you had a chance to hear it, but I actually opened my monologue with some comments that kind of spun off of what Copper said yesterday. Copper has a weekly segment called Copper's Corner, and she was talking about, and she's about your age. She was talking about, we were talking about, you know, your generation and, and the fact that that liberals will recruit from your generation, but it's important. I said in my comments earlier that we raise up, you know, the next generation to understand and appreciate and, and, and enjoy the values of conservatism. How did you become conservative? Was it osmosis or did you, was it intentional on the part of your parents or other mentors? What, what was the deal? How'd you become a conservative? So definitely, definitely the way I was raised actually on my dad's side, I'm a fourth generation Republican. So my dad's family has been Republicans in Alabama, even before it was, you know, the popular thing. My uh, great granddaddy almost didn't get to marry my great grandmother because he's a Republican and her <laughs> dad kind of had issue with it. But luckily it all worked out for, for me. But um, definitely the way I was raised, and I think that's the biggest issue is like parents aren't, you know, raising their children the way that they, that they used to. I think there's too much noise, too much distraction. Really and truly, smartphones, social media, some of the worst things to happen because it's just a way, another way for, you know, the upcoming generation to get indoctrinated. Um, but I really think, I really think conservative roots start in the family and, um, and it just grows from there. So yours did start in the family where there, were there, and then like just even setting aside Republican, because there's times and I've said it on this show when being a Republican and being a conservative might not be the same thing. Um, but there's, there's those values, those principles that we stand on things like limited government and, and selfless service and a strong work ethic and, and, you know, um, low taxation and strong national defense, all those things, those principles per se, were those instilled to you like, like, did your parents model them for you? Did they tell you stories when you were a kid? I mean, how did you pick it up along the way? Uh, just watching my parents' work ethic, I would have to say. I mean, my dad is 69 years old, and he still goes to work every day. Um, you know, their, their hard work really showed me that to get ahead in this country, you really just have to, you know, put your head down and just, you know, keep forging ahead. And I think, I think we've gotten to the place now where people are just, encouraged to give up they're saying oh it's okay if you don't work hard you'll still land on your feet because the government will take care of you and that's what we have to cut out because i believe in safety nets but if you're just gonna if you're just gonna sit in the safety net then it's not gonna do any good for you yeah it could be a safety net or a hammock you know if it's there exactly. if it's there to catch you that's great if you're gonna take a nap in it that's something different um exactly well that that, that is way cool i mean uh Copper, um, she she had some comments on on this earlier. And Copper, you and I were talking about uh, your parents and and then me raising my kids. So for you, you said also it was your parents that that instilled these things in you, these these conservative values. That's right. Makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, what'd you say, Clint? Yeah, and yeah, and my parents, you know, didn't necessarily. My parents are not political people, so you know, I, I'm a I'm a believer that just you know, like being a hard worker. Will, will turn you into a conservative. My parents don't, you know, they don't keep up with politics, but they're, they're hardworking people and they, you know, want to keep as much of their money, you know, every paycheck they get, don't want to go to taxes. So in return, when you work hard, I think it'll lead to conservatism. Uh, I, I think generally that's true. I've known some liberals that work hard, but they tend to work hard at liberal things. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, Clint, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, you're a great addition. In fact, uh, I could see you coming on uh, more often if you're good for that. Um, but uh, in the meantime, keep us posted on this Confucius Institute issue. And if you get any responses back from Troy, uh, we'd love to hear them. But uh, for that, uh, we, we appreciate your time and, and, and best of luck to you, man. We'll talk to you soon. 
Hey, sounds great. Talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Well, that was Clint Reed. He's the president of the College Republican Federation of Alabama. Uh, this is a conservative show. Republicans, by and large, tend to be the more conservative of the political base. But what we were talking about there with him was uh, their fight against the Confucius Institutes uh, being um, – something that he referred to as the uh, soft power apparatus, part of the soft power apparatus of communist China, uh, paying big money to send their instructors over to teach their version of Chinese history uh, in our American institutions. And they are all over the nation, by the way. Used to have three of them, Alabama, whittled down to one. Glad to hear that within this listening area, Alabama A&M no longer has their Confucius Institute. And And like he said, I'm not at all opposed either to cultural exchange. I mean, I used to kind of be jealous of friends that I would see that would do like foreign exchange student kind of uh, where they would go and live in a different community or different nation for a while. Um, And I value that. I think that's important. We have to be able to see, respect and understand the the cultural divides around the world. Uh, And it also makes you greatly more greatly appreciate what you have back home. That being said, what I don't want is someone coming in and setting up camp in my backyard and teaching the students uh, at our state universities with, you know, using our tax dollars for their facilities uh, to teach a version of life and history that does not at all respect uh, who we are as a nation. Uh, And that needs to be looked at hard and fast. And I hope that if you're out there as a Troy alumni, uh, because I know this military community, by the way, I know my audience, there's a whole lot of you that are veterans. And there's a whole lot of you right now that are green suitors on active duty uh, out at Redstone or maybe over at uh, Anniston Army Depot. And and Troy State University is one of those universities that has offered the military um, many gainful opportunities to get a degree. And, and while that is important, please understand that if you are an alumni or you have any influence with anyone who is at the university, you should express to them that you have a, a displeasure with the idea of China being allowed to have a Confucius Institute, the last one left in the state of Alabama at Troy State University. Thank you to the College Republicans for bringing that to our attention. And the College Republicans are the ones that helped break that story about what's going on down at um, uh, Birmingham Southern College. That, that's a big deal. And that's a college right now that is sort of inflicting um, its own version of COVID world uh, upon students, students who pay good money to be there. Now, it's a private college. Uh, to my knowledge, they don't draw funds from the, uh, the, the education budget in the state of Alabama. But all said and done, they, they, are, they are one of our colleges right here in our backyard and they are literally, despite the fact that state law says you cannot discriminate against someone because of their vaccination status, you cannot, uh, you cannot inquire of their vaccination status or require proof of vaccination. So they just blew it off, in a sense. And they said, yeah, 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 that's fine. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But Birmingham Southern College, the, the, the leadership there, President Coleman decided, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. We won't ask you if you've been vaccinated. We'll just make you pay more for not showing proof that you have. And we'll just, you know, require you to go through weekly testing until you prove that you have. And we'll require mandatory quarantines for unvaccinated students if we deem you to have been COVID traced near someone who could have could have infected you. We're also going to require mask mandates for quote unquote unvaccinated students and separate move in dates to the dormitories based on vaccination status. Oh, for the love of God. I mean, this, and, and, and I heard, and this is anecdotal, it's not part of their policies. So all I can do is tell you, this is anecdotal. It's not, it's, it's hearsay right now. But I, I've, we, we have heard that there are some students 
who have expressed that they have tried to meet with their professors to discuss their, you know, their programming or their, their, their education. And the, the, the professor demands to know if they've been vaccinated or not and won't meet with them unless they say they have. So that's just, that's just wrong. And Birmingham Southern, get your act together. Uh, you can't do this. And, and I hope that the, um, I hope that there becomes sort of a, uh, an exodus of people who are dissatisfied with that type of leadership or, or I actually hope more that they change their policies. And that's got to happen. We're going to come back at the top of the hour here in a little bit, and we're going to have uh, Matt Clark from the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. My understanding is the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty has already written a pretty stiff letter to the leadership um, over there at Troy, uh, expressing to them why they are on legal shaky ground uh, and, and outlining for them what the law says. Uh, my Also, my hope is that the Attorney General of Alabama, his office, is looking into this, I hope, and, uh, and that they uh, will apply some you know, type of pressure that brings about the kind of change that is necessary here. We all listen. There's a ton in the news, though. I don't even know how to get to all of it. I was trying to figure out where I could even go um, with some of the stories that I've got. I mean, how do I even begin to touch on the impact of what's happening at the southern border right now? Did you know that we're restricting people coming in from Canada and we're opening the floodgates to people coming from the southern border? It's, I mean, I cannot find any congruity in what is happening down there. There is a lack of, uh, of any type of plan, as far as we can tell. Um, we, we've also got just right here at home, there's some interesting things happening in the world of masking. Because right now we've got new policies coming out from the city of Birmingham. We've got uh, new policies at Redstone Arsenal. We've got what I've already told you about at Birmingham Southern. I've got a list right now someone just sent me uh, showing what other universities around the state are doing. Birmingham Southern, if you're not aware, you're pretty much by yourself in terms of these strict policies. Um, you are in the minority right now. And you need to, uh, not in the minority, you're, you're singular. You are doing your own thing. You are the, the, the lone um, wolf on this and you need to get your act together um, all that to say we're going to head to a break here in just one second but we, we got plenty more of that I'm going to tell you some good things about Alabama I love this state listen I love living here there is no place in the world I'd rather live and by the way I've seen the world I have been all over the world I have lived in multiple foreign countries I have been stationed I have been assigned and, and, and I have walked the ground in other places and I've been in multiple other states in this great nation no place I'd rather live. Well, apparently, we just ranked pretty high on a national list. I'll tell you about that here in just a minute. It's Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. 